The Phoenix Suns are now 3-0 and on their current road trip. They've improved their record to 30-26. and And tonight they welcome back Devin Armani Booker. Yes, this team is slowly but surely becoming whole once again. And with Devin Booker's return, the team now has their projected starting lineup at the beginning of the season, all healthy and all playing. But Matthew, it wasn't Dion, or it wasn't Devin. I gave it away. Fuck. <laughs> Fucked it all up, huh? Jeez. All right, let's start over again. Three, okay. two, start. one. It wasn't Devin Booker that won the game for the Suns tonight. No, it was DeAndre Ayton. It was. Booker's back, but not really. <laughs> not, not even close to who he was. It was kind of just like a little bit of a mirage out there of him. Um, but dude, DeAndre tonight, holy shit, man. A uh, tweet of the night was from so says Jay says he said, uh, DeAndre really must have hated Sarver, huh? Yep, two games without Sarver, basically, and he's been dominating. Absolutely. I mean, the, the way that he played tonight reminds me that I forgot to plug in my laptop, my laptop. So talk about him a little bit. <laughs> yeah, dude. Okay, so DeAndre Aiden tonight fantastic game but booker's who we're really going to talk about because him being back you can actually see the offense as a whole so it's interesting you have some parts moving around now right you have a, a bench that's actually a bench unit you have craig going back to the bench not a good game by him um but i think this whole team being back together give him five or six games i really think that if you give him five or six games you'll see what they can be and how good they can be but there's still the trade deadline We'll talk about the trade deadline, I'm sure. We'll talk about DeAndre Ayton. And we'll, we'll talk, talk about, about so much, Matthew. There's a lot of stuff, man. There's I think so I already much to talk about when we were done. So. Oh, so the pod's over? It's over, man. All right, let's hand out the it. jam star and call it a night. Get out of here. No, I think we should go ahead and pop open a cold one if you got one. I got one. I'm ready. Matthew, you got one. You're ready. I got one. Here it is. Let's talk about this win over the Brooklyn Nets, baby. victory for the Phoenix Suns. They made it closer than it needed to be in the end, but ultimately it was DeAndre Ayton who hit the, the clinching free throws, which is, is very emblematic of the night. And I mean, th there, there's so many things to talk about, as you were mentioned in Matthew, between the performance tonight, the return of DeAndre Ayton, the, the Kyrie not being a part of this team, the CP3 being officially mentioned, Matt Ishbia taking over. Ah! Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, I got to ask. Where the hell do you want to start? I'm lost. You know, I think everything's kind of overshadowing Booker, but I do want to start with Booker um, just because he's back, dude, and we've been waiting for this for a long time, so now we got all our pieces together. I would rather just start with him. Let's do that then. Big Dick Booker. That's right. Devin Armani Booker does return tonight, ends up playing a total of 26 minutes. 
he was six of 15 from the field, two of eight from beyond the arc, 19 total points, six assists, four rebounds, five of seven from the free throw line, missing the last two, which just prolonged the game a little bit more. But it's nice to have Devin Armani Booker back out there, man. It really, really is. Yeah, back and he's in his favorite jerseys too. Like those are his yes. favorite ones this year. So it all kind of worked out. Uh, I think that his shot, uh, it's going to take a little time to get back. His Him finding his spots because Mikhail Bridges took all his spots. It's going to take a little time. I honestly think that, um, dude, watching this game and the first two swishes just made me smile. Like I was like dinner in my teeth, everything. I'm just like, oh. Long day maybe today, but I feel good now. Those switches, those swishes are just something different. Like anybody, you know, can make a bucket, but Booker just he goes to the next level with those things. Um, so I'm glad he started off a little hot. You kind of forget like how good it looks, and you just know it's gonna take some time. But I'm excited because I think DeAndre is now playing good. He's still like a fourth option on that on that offense, and you have Mikhail Bridges who still st- stood up today to make sure that he got had the ball. He had some confidence tonight in the ball. Because, you know, you didn't want him to, like, kind of take a back seat. So, with Booker being back, you're worried about all that stuff. But it wasn't too different. It really actually wasn't too different. No, it was just it was just nice to see this team together, man. And seeing Devin Booker out there, knowing that this team, th- this starting five, has played together prior to this game a total of 67 minutes this season. 67. They were plus 43 in those 67 minutes. And that plus 43 is the highest plus minus lineup that the Phoenix Suns have put forth this season. So simply seeing him back out there and you're right. He had, he had his challenges. He had his struggles, but that's expected. And that's going to be continued to be expected for the next few games as much akin to when Deandre Ayton came back after a little snippet of time gone, Cameron Johnson for a long time gone, Chris Paul for some time gone. It takes a while for these players to get there their feet underneath them, if you will. And and Monty Williams is going to have him on a minutes restriction. He played five minutes in the first quarter. When's the last time we saw Devin Booker play five minutes in the first quarter, Matthew? Like, (laughs) that doesn't happen. Yeah, and especially the way he kind of like limped. He didn't limp. I don't want to say limp because that means he might be injured. Careful now. He kind of was on his way to back to the bench, and he just seemed a little tired. So uh, it's definitely weird. You're not used to that at all, and you do realize it's like, damn, he did miss like, what, 21 games or something crazy like that? So it's expected. But he still scored those, you know, eight of his 19 points in that first quarter and was the spark that ultimately got this kind this team going offensively. And that's the, the I, I can't tell you what my the thing I missed most about Devin Booker was, but that's definitely right up there is having that fire starter. Because so many times during the, those prolonged losing streaks, and again, the, the Suns have won nine out of the last 12 games. And I'll talk about that momentarily. <clears throat> Excuse me. But it's it was during those losing streaks that remember we played like Boston, we played Denver, we played these teams and we just couldn't score in the first quarter. We're scoring like 11, 14 points. So having Devin Booker back is so paramount to the success of this team moving forward. It's happening at like the perfect time too, isn't it? Because he's going to play this week. He's going to play next week. Then there's, then there's the all-star break. So it's going to give him time to even rest up a little bit more as the Phoenix Suns are making that push towards the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't so long ago when really we were looking at this team and a lot of people were saying, you know, blow it up. That was a serious thing. And you just forget how long this season can be. You're not even the all-star break. I know the all-star break is not the halfway point, but we kind of consider it the halfway point. You always look for those teams to get on a run. The Suns have been on a run before that. We kind of thought, hey, let's maybe hang in there, uh, maybe 10th seed, maybe ninth seed. 
And let's just see where we're at after the All-Star break when Booker comes back. But, I mean, this team started to gel before he came back. And now that he's back, it's kind of like you you worry about, you know, how, how much time it's going to take for them to gel again. But I kind of think with having Book back in there, it's not going to take too much time. I think they're going to look a lot better in five games than they do in the first three games. Mm-hmm. But right now, it's just that's only because of Book getting his feet underneath them. That's all it is. Well, we saw it in the first half that the team, it was kind of like, like, oh, yeah, you. Oh, yeah, you're supposed to be over there. I'm not <laughs> <Yeah>. necessarily used <laughs> to that. Yeah, you didn't see that. You know, because like the, the first quarter itself, the Phoenix Suns had seven turnovers. And by the end of everything, when the game was all said and done, you know, again, seven turnovers in that first quarter, they ended with 15. So they really, it was that almost like acquaint, acquaintance, you know, it, it's like the first day of school and you come back and, and your friends are there that you haven't seen all summer. And you're like, oh yeah, I for, oh yeah, you, I forgot about you. Oh, nice haircut, bro. You know, it's like breaking news, Devin Booker demanded a fade. And I think that it was just been, it was really interesting to see everyone trying to get back to their spots and, and fall back into their roles. And that's what this really allows is having our starting five back and healthy is you're seeing less minutes for Damian Lee. Torrey Craig goes back to the bench. All these different players yeah. want to go back and fill their roles. And that's what's going to take, I think, the biggest adjustment, in my honest opinion. We saw it from Torrey Craig tonight. Torrey Craig returning to the bench. He, he wasn't the greatest starting player with the Phoenix Suns. He was averaging eight points this season. But his most important statistic that he's had this season is he has 43 games played, and he started nearly every one of them. Only, or he he started 43 games. I, I'm pretty sure he started 43. DeAndre Ayton and Mikael Bridges. Mikael Bridges, 55. DeAndre Ayton, 46. Those are the only other two players who have started more games than Torrey Craig. So he is he is a guy who's going to have to adjust to returning to his bench role. And, and you saw it. He played 25 minutes. He only had three points on one to three shooting, four rebounds. He had the three turnovers. And he had two very costly turnovers at the back end of the game. And I don't know what that is because he's the guy who's been out on the court at the back end of the game. He's the guy who should feel more confident than some of those guys. Uh, but he just, he was deer in the headlights. Oh, shit. Yeah, it couldn't look too good tonight. We had to have some kind of guy taking a backseat a little bit. And I think that was just Craig. Craig, he's, I don't know how many times he has to swat the ball away from his own player out of bounds. Like every time, I feel like even like, remember that one game when DA didn't get the ball and then Craig was there to get the rebound, but then DA, they fumbled it together and we yes, blamed DA. It was adorable. Craig does that a lot where he will just jump. Like he doesn't even know his own teammates going to get the rebound, right? He jumps midair. Um, the ball's bounce off the rim. And then he just comes down. He will swat the ball away from his own player. And it keeps happening. Um, I think the biggest guy that's going to, you know, take some lo- a longer adjustment than Devin Booker will be uh, Craig, because going from that many minutes to the bench, it's going to take some time. Cause you can see out there where he's mm-hmm. playing over Cameron Johnson. A lot of guys are, are women, guys, whatever on Twitter, whatever you are, they, they're talking about, you know, Craig just he's sucking. But then why is Cameron Johnson not in there? You know what? Maybe this is Monty's lineup. And if it is, I'll be fine with it. Cause the way Craig's played all year, he's been fucking great. Like he can play these. If, if, if Cameron Johnson comes in the game and he sucked like he did tonight, I look forward to having Craig there at the end of the games with uh, DeAndre and Mikhail Bridges and, you know, the other two guys. It looks good. It'll look good <laughs> in the future. Yeah, yeah, the other two guys. The other know. two. What's their names? Uh, yeah, Chris Paul. I'm all confused know. with all the names in and out now. <laughs> I'm just not. I'm just getting used to having names back. And that's the True. fun part of yeah. this is, again, just having these guys back. 
you know, but I, I think that we have to give credit where credit is due, and we got to give a shout out to DeAndre Ayton. Watch. Never doubted him, Matthew. Never doubted him for a minute. Uh, DeAndre Ayton in this game ends with 35 points, 15 rebounds. 35 and 15. 14 of 18 from the field, 7 of 8 from the free throw line. He did have a steal. He didn't have any assists. God, what a what a piece of shit. Uh, in his first 281 games, he had 0 30-15 games. In his last two games, he has two, Matthew. <laughs> yeah. How fantastic is that? Yeah. That's the uh so the trade JG. deadline. That's a that's a that's a tweet. Maybe he just hated Sarver. Who knows? Because he's a different guy. But the funny thing is, is, like these games, he's putting up those numbers, but a lot of it's just super easy for him, right? I mean, of course mm-hmm. you're going against the Nets, but I mean he's just in the right spots at the right time. He's rolling really hard. He's catching the ball and they throw it to him in the spots where he's supposed to be. He's doing everything that he's just supposed to be doing. That's when like the rebounds and the and the stats will they'll come. The points will be there, everything will be there as long as he's doing what he's doing. And a lot of it's really being done when he's what like the fourth option. I mean, mm-hmm. there's times where they go to him back to back times when he has those open lay-ins, the open dunks where you know the Nets are just caught, they they're caught out of out of sync. They don't know how to really guard that pick and roll very well. So then Aiden just has a free lane. So when that happens, yeah, like they'll go straight to him back to back. So I feel like if the offense can figure that out, when to go to DeAndre Aiden and when to actually get McHale more involved and just like not slow things down offensively, that's gonna be a masterpiece. I think that will look really good where it's not like, okay, let's feed DeAndre, but it's like, no, let's just see what's available. You know what? If DeAndre's not there, let's get McHale in the works. And that's what it seemed like they were doing tonight, man. And it was effortless from DeAndre. Really fucking good game. Outstanding game. And again, Lord knows that I've ripped DeAndre Ayton for some of his subpar performances and even some of his performances that are statistically acceptable, if you will. I got nothing to say tonight. He was fantastic, man. Like he's been, he's been fantastic. He has been. And, and, and that's what makes this so amazing to watch is how fantastic he, he's been. Cause if I have to eat crow, if it's, it's a version of eating crow, I've been here before I've eaten Deandre and crow before I did it right around Thanksgiving time. Same shit happened, right? I, I can be accountable for my words <laughs> and what I said about yeah. him, you know, and, and, but the reason I get so frustrated with DA is because I like him so much. If I didn't give a shit about DA, I'd just be like, yep, he sucks. Carry on. You know, trade him, trade him, trade him. How many times have you heard me say trade DeAndre Ayton? I don't remember. I mean, None. we've been so – how does anybody know that? It never slipped out once. I've never said, dude, we need to trade him. And if I did, oh. somebody go back, snip it. Uh, I was going to say, I don't know. Send dude. it back to me, and then I'll, I'll eat crow Even my mom one. said it. She doesn't even know who he is. Yeah, your mom's like – she says, DeAndre, <laughs> Grandma Janice. Um. You know, even like yesterday, so I was on the PHNX podcast yesterday, and every time they had a DeAndre Ayton trade, I was like, no, like he has so much value. And again, the value doesn't come in these regular season games. It's great to see these in the regular season. His value comes in the playoffs because you can see due to his his athleticism, his size, and when he's engaged, like he's been in the last three games, he's unstoppable. and He can't be played off the court, and that's the most important thing. When you have people saying, oh, no, Miles Turner can do it. Yeah, Bismack, he can do it. Bring in Yaki Pertle. Every one of those guys can get played off a court in a seven-game series to where they become a weakness rather than a strength, whereas DeAndre Ayton has literally proved otherwise, that he is not that guy. So, again, I think that what we saw tonight is an example of why 
some people get so frustrated, myself included, when he doesn't play up to his potential. Do I expect 35 or 30 and 15 every night? No, I honestly don't. I just expect effort. And we and to your point, Matthew, that's exactly what we saw tonight. He was rolling hard and quick. Uh, he wasn't fumbling the ball over the, over the place. He was on the he was killing it on the boards. There was one that one possession where it's like everyone on the fucking Suns had a shot at it. And no one can make it. DA's finally he finally grabbed the board and just like put it in. He's just like, Jesus Christ, come on, guys. <laughs> and and it was just those kind of performances that what we saw from him tonight are absolutely what we I'm not even gonna say need from him every night. Because to your point, with Devin Booker coming back, you know, with Mikhail Bridges and, and the way that he's been playing, with Chris Paul being an offensive threat, with Cameron Johnson being an offensive threat, they can take turns being the dominant offensive threat. But what we saw from him tonight, his shot deterrence was back. He was staying home on Nick Claxton, and he doesn't fall for the pump fakes often, right? And Cla- Claxton was learning that because he was pumping all first half, and Aiden's just standing there with his hands up, man. Yeah, Claxton, I like Claxton. I like him with that team when they actually had their team together. He's a good center to kind of finish in crunch time with them. Um, but DeAndre's just so much better than him. He kind of outshines everyone on the court. And you'll see a lot of more opportunities, obviously, with Booker being back and now – you know, Cameron Johnson kind of being there um, healthy. And then Mikhail Bridges becoming something of notice around the league. He's going to get so many open looks. So as long as he's ready, as long as he's focused, play to play, Chris Paul was pissed at him early in the game. Yeah. If you that or not, there's a few plays that start off the game. He's like, DA, what the, f-? like, he was like on. yelling at him defensively. Yeah. And then after that, he started playing great. Like if that's what he needs, fine, but that's frustrating, but who cares? But if that's what he needs and you keep doing that, but also if he has his head in the game, man, like his passing, everything, the whole offense will just be fucking just flowing. It just will. As long as these guys are on the same page, it's going to look good. And if I'm, I can't wait to see it in five games. If we still have the same team, who knows? Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's, that's the ultimate question. Uh, yeah. Scott Klaus, one of our elite champsters. If you want to become an elite champster, please click the, Klaus. the join button below. He says, I don't know why everyone throws him in these mock drays when he's, when he's probably going to veto any trade. Yeah, everyone does it because it helps them make the math make sense whenever they're doing a trade. And that's the key is DeAndre Ayton ultimately has the uh, the ability to stop one of those trades. Do you know the reason why he was shining so bright on the court tonight, Matthew? What is it? He was sweating, dude. He looked so lathered up in the oh, first Oh, that's shining. Like, Did you see that? He was shining. Like, <laughs> DA was shining tonight. Yeah. Like, in that, that first the, – the, the first time they, they pulled him out, he was glistening. My wife's like, good Lord, he's sweating. I was like, yeah, <laughs> it was insane. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're probably like, hey, look, look, uh, DeAndre, look where you might be going if you don't you know, play a little better. And it's like Detroit, just Detroit. Written, you know, written maybe, down. I think so, says Jason. I'm not saying Detroit's Honestly, bad, too. but it's like, come on. You want to be in Phoenix, man? He must come have on. really hated Sarver. He really must have. Yeah. Uh, I do. I do love that they continue to look for him in the third quarter. Again, that's something that they've done in the past couple games. It's like, how do you get DeAndre Ayton to over 30 points? Well, you continue to engage him, and that's such that's been such a challenge throughout his entire career. And just for, the, for those of you who are watching or you're listening at a later time and you're wondering, hey, 35 points, is that DA's career high? It actually ties his career high. He yeah. scored he 35 year, points. Right? Yes, 35 points against the Minnesota Timberwolves in, like the, in, in late March. It was at the back end of the season. But when you continue to engage him in the in the third quarter, guess what? DeAndre Ayton's going to score over over thirty points. He had, he was four of five in that third quarter. He had nine points along with those five of his rebounds. How good is it to see them continue to 
engage him in offense in the third quarter? And do you think it's something that they will continue to do now that we've been saying it forever, Matthew, you and I both have jamsters who are, who are in the chat. You've been saying it as well. You've literally been saying dude, like if they just continue to pass them the ball, Aussie Suns fans podcast says it all the time. Gavin's like, DA can't pass himself the ball. They're passing him the ball now in that yeah. third quarter. Oh, so this is always going to be something we talk about after every pod with him passing the ball, not passing the ball. They obviously are figuring it out. The thing is with me that I've always thought, it's like, you know, if the whole team can't pass you the ball in the post, is it really the whole team or just DA, right? Is a DA not positioning himself right? It's both of them. It's it's. I think it's both, but more of DA. If DA's rolling and he's actually getting good positioning like he did tonight, it's noticeable. He can get the ball easily. And he's making all the right moves too, right? If the, if the offense is like, really going to him and he's actually making the right moves where he's not going into the defender and like rolling away from him actually mm -hmm. then that helps like actually using his elbows like i don't know if you saw that one play where he like it was in the first quarter where he made like a i don't know if it was like a free drive to the rim or something but he had his elbows out with the ball like yeah. clinched and he went up and dunked it i'm like what the fuck like his Where's, elbows were out dude from? usually he has like he's gonna granny shot it or something you know what i mean so uh yeah, um, I think, it, dude, if this offense is, like, really focused on giving the ball, that's fine. But I really think they need to find, like, a happy medium with him and Mikhail to really be explosive. Because if you focus too much on DA, you'll get the you'll get the double team. Then you can go to everywhere else. So it's like defenses are going to struggle against this team, man, if this is the DA we get. A hundred percent. And, again, it's making himself available. And it can be hard sometimes because a lot of times what the opposition does is like what they did tonight. But you saw Ben Simmons – on DeAndre Ayton a lot. What what were your thoughts on that? I didn't even know he was playing really. <laughs> well, okay, we'll get to Ben Simmons oh, in a little man. bit. But that that was part of it is when you get these little guys on DA, we all have that inclination to just be like, dude, just box him out, like come around and box him out. But what those guys do is they have a lower center of gravity and they literally like put their ass into his knee and do his thigh and they move him off his spot. And if he tries to back up more, the Suns telegraph it. I mean, we saw it early in the game where the, I think was it Cameron Johnson who telegraphed one to him and it got stolen. It's like he can't get the initial position. It's hard for him to get back around those guys. And and it's when he gives up on that type of effort that I get frustrated. When he's got the little guys on him and he's not continually fighting. And they're on that side yeah. of the ball. If they're on the weak side of the ball, like I get it. Come to the come to the front side of the ball. But at the same time, that was that was the strategy of the Nets tonight was to try to take DeAndre Ayton off of his spot with the smaller defender and Ben Simmons. And at times it worked, but the Suns figured out how to take advantage of that. They started whipping the ball around the perimeter, starting DeAndre Ayton on that weak side, ball pass, or, you know, pass, pass, boom. He's he's down low, and now, and and I'll tell you, man, that that sixteen foot fadeaway jumper was ice cold tonight, dude. Ice cold. Yeah, ice cold. At first, I was like, wait, is it was he missing? <laughs> I no, was like, no. It, I was like, no, it, maybe it was the book was. Whew. Yeah, yeah but was. um. Los Sun said uh, um, he had a lot of mismatches, but Book decided to go ISO. He did. There was that a lot of true. Book ISO in this. The thing is with Book, though. Trade I him. really, Yeah, trade. first of all, trade him. Honestly, I wanted to get my top 10 favorite DeAndre Ayton trades tonight, but we're not doing that. <laughs> not tonight. That's not tonight, I guess. So we'll have to wait till another game when he sucks. Um, Booker. Next season. He, I don't think he can. He just, I don't think he can lob it. He's never been a good lobber. He doesn't know how to throw over his defender. He can't do that. And also, like, when you look at different camera angles, like I think I saw a couple of them where I was like, dude, DA was wide open. But then when you look at the camera above the basket, yeah. you can see there was no way to give him the ball. And the plus I just wasn't there. Book just can't throw it to him as well as a lot of other people. That's just 
that's one of the negatives of book. I just think you have to deal with that. When Booker runs the pick and roll with Aiden, he does very well. But yeah. when he tries to do entry passes, it's just it's, it's just bad. not there. It's, it's really just bad. Not yeah. There. Well, another guy obviously I wanted to talk about tonight was Mikhail Bridges. It's interesting because that, that this is a big topic of conversation. This is going to be something that we here at the Suns Jam Session Podcast are going to continue to monitor is how Mikhail Bridges is playing post-Booker coming back. All eyes are on him right now, okay? Everybody's oh, a little watching. remix, dude? <laughs> a little remix? <laughs> yeah. <The> Tupac, Merle Haggard. <laughs> mashup yeah you heard it here first the sun's champ there it is everybody was waiting (laughs) i teased it before the before the game uh but yeah we're gonna be watching to see how he plays uh you Mm -hmm. take a look at his stat line tonight highly impressive over 20 points again 18 shot attempts him and deandre both had 18 shot attempts booker only had 15 now obviously mikhail bridges played 11 more minutes than devin booker did but he ended with 21 points eight rebounds two assists Two of six from beyond the arc, eight of 18 overall. What did you see from Mikhail Bridges? Well, the first half was kind of like, yeah, he kind of seemed like he was kind of hesitant to get the ball. Third quarter, it's, he seemed more dominant with it. And he was six of 10 in the third, but he just seemed like it's like, I don't give a fuck. This is um, the second quarter is hard to watch for the Suns a little bit. Uh, third quarter kind of was getting that way. And Mikhail just kind of took over in a way um, more ball dominant. You need him to. I think until mm-hmm. Book can, you know, get back on his feet, you're gonna have to rely more on Mikhail. But they need to find a way to just know which guy to go to. I, that's gonna be tough because I really think Mikhail can hold his own still with Book back. So it's like, what do you think? Like, how do they, you know, defer to each other when the time comes? Like when they know, like, all right, like I don't have it in me. I don't know how that works. How well, is that gonna work? Part of it is gonna be on Monty Williams, and we saw that tonight. There was one timeout that was taken and literally the set that was run when they came back in was right to McHale and Monty Williams will dictate some of that because he has had a front row seat and he has seen how McHale has played in the absence of of Devin Booker and he's probably been impressed with it he's like hey I'm gonna run sets McHale Bridges isn't Sean Marion Sean Marion I don't think the Suns run a set for that guy in his what 10 years here right he was purely just like I'll grab a rebound I'll I'll take a, a wide open three I'll dunk the ball, you know, off of an offensive rebound. He was just a machine and he could generate offense that way. Mikhail, you have to run sets for him. And it's not going to be one of this like you go, I go, you go, I go, I go, you go kind of things. I think in the flow of the game, what the Suns now have in this offensive attack. And again, that's why all eyes are going to continue to be on the warden is to see if he continues to be as aggressive as you said, to continue to want to score on all three levels, which he did tonight. He was taking threes. He was working the mid-range. He was cutting to the basket. He was attacking in, in a, on the fast break. He was doing all those things that have allowed him to be successful in the absence of Devin Booker. And I think that as we continue to move forward, it's going to be something that the Suns see it as an advantage. As they're bringing the ball up, they might sit there and be like, yo, we've gone Booker a few plays. Uh, we've run a couple of these sets. Hey, we're going to run that same exact set but the defense is going to be confused because the defender who was on Devin Booker is going to be watching Booker while the, while the defender who's on Mikhail Bridges who saw that play three plays ago to his teammate is now going to be the guy who has to guard Mikhail Bridges on it. And it's going to take offenses out of their game just a little bit. And that's an advantage. Anytime you can do that, that's an advantage for the, for the offense. Yeah. It's kind of like realizing like, um, so I mean, if book does, you know, have the ball more, which he will, 
Um, and if you're like, if Cam, if Cam could just, oh, Cam, what the fuck am I talking about? If Mikhail Bridges can actually, um, you know, put himself out there, be like, I'm still available to book, then I think they'll get more used to that. I don't think that was really a thing before, um, before Book's injury. I think Mikhail was standing in the corner a lot. Now it's like instead of Chris Paul coming over to grab the ball, he can, you know, you'll find McHill. It's it's a better option to try to get McHill the ball than Chris Paul right now, I think, whenever a double team comes. Exactly. It's just another wrinkle to this offense. And that's why when Booker was out, we wanted eight and we wanted McHale to both yeah. just seize the opportunity and find some comfort. And and more than anything, and Flex was saying this the other day when he was on the podcast, more than anything, it's just gain some confidence. And that's what they both have now. And they're the fruits, the, the fruits of the labor. The proof is in the pudding. They combined for what? 56 points tonight? Those two? That's unbelievably fantastic. And that's going to allow Devin Booker to, to continue to get to, in rhythm. And more than anything, it tells Devin Booker, I don't have to carry this team. Because the front end of the season and what ultimately hurt Devin Booker was the fact that he was carrying this team offensively. No one else was stepping up to a system. That's why the frustrations with DeAndre Ayton occurred, right? Until DeAndre Ayton hit about Thanksgiving, he wasn't doing shit on offense. And Devin Booker had to literally carry this team, and it, and it ultimately hurt him. Now he's coming back to a team in which your bench players have more confidence as they go back to their roles. Mikhail Bridges and DeAndre Ayton are more confident as they return to their roles. And CP3 still old. <laughs> Yeah, he is. And uh, he's still getting his shot off. But, you know, right now you kind of want to focus on those two dudes. You really do. Unless the trade deadline comes and you get someone else. Those are the two guys that need to focus on really getting this offense going if we're going to have a chance in the playoffs. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So before we get to our DraftKings drop, which some people don't like, but I don't care. Uh, Black what? Sunday gave us $10 in the chat. Yeah, some somebody said in the comments like, "Listen, John, I can't stand your Australian accent during the the DraftKings drop drops." I'm like, "It's a Philly accent," <laughs> <laughs> you know. So get ready to fast forward for a minute. Oh, but Black God. Sunday did give us ten dollars in the super chat. Thank you ever so much for Black Sunday. He's putting my kids through college. Aiton looked more calm and composed when he got handed the ball. His hands were great and was a monster on the offensive glass and dunked almost everything. The best game for Da so far this season. Which is true, and it comes on yeah. the on the right after his last best game of the season. With this be a court side too. Exactly. So, yeah. so again, just just interesting. And, and the dunks. And the dunks, baby, the dunks. And this ad from DraftKings. Hey, NBA fans. It's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hands with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat, same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt-in, and place the same-game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you get a free bet back. Bet on them Phoenix Suns to win the championship. They're plus 1,900 right now. Download the app now and sign up with code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. 
Yeah, that's definitely a Philly accent, considering all the Philadelphia fans are coming to our beautiful city this week. I wanted to make them feel welcome when they get here, and they're like, yo, what should I watch? Yeah, the Sun's Jam Session podcast. And then they hear that, and they're like, oh, it's like, I feel like <laughs> yeah. it's one of our guys down on whatever that street is where they got to grease the poles and shit. Yeah, it's uh while they're getting their face painted or something or their bodies painted. Exactly. They're getting us. you know, they're getting the big E across their chest as they're going down to the Super Bowl that they paid ten thousand dollars a ticket for. So and I just want to thank everybody who is watching along live. We only lost like five viewers during that ad promo, so that's always a plus. And if you're listening, <laughs> thank you for fast forwarding. Welcome to the other side and welcome to a segment when I want where I want to talk about somebody who we don't necessarily talk about all the time. And maybe we should. Ever since I've been here, we talked about everything you want is on the other side of hard. This is hard. Monty, Monty Williams, coach of the Phoenix Sun. Matthew, like Monty Williams, we, we, we don't talk about him very often. This team is nine out of their last 12. When this team was struggling mightily, people were looking to trade him. Trade him. They were looking to fire him. You don't trade a coach. You're like, yeah, send him, send him to Indiana for yeah. Jalen Smith and Tyrese Halliburton. No, but everyone was ready to fire Monty Williams. Let's talk about Monty Williams. Nine well, fuck. Out of yeah. for the last like how great of a of a job has he done in these the, during these past 12 games? Man, when I when I when I watch him on the podium and he has to do Man, like questions after question. When we're actually we're like on a what ten game losing streak or something crazy like that, mm -hmm. it's tough to watch that. Honestly, I'm pissed off at the team, and I'm just like, dude, how do you get through this? How do you get through these hard times as a coach? Because you're the one that has to tell these guys, like, hey, we got to get through this. We got to keep fighting. You know, everything's on the other side of hard. Like you just showed right there. You're when when that's actually happening. Like when the team is actually falling like that, and a coach to hold it together. Of course, you're waiting for your star to get back, and there's still other injuries with Chris Paul, and then DeAndre Ayton was struggling. So that's difficult. And then you have the new owner coming in. Um, the trade deadline. I a think lot it of distractions, hasn't, right? It hasn't been this busy in Phoenix for a long time around the trade deadline, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's probably the craziest it's ever been. So when it's that way, and you have to have these guys focus on the game. That's very difficult. He earns a lot of respect, of course, a lot of props from us as Suns fans. A lot of people didn't like what he did. I think the only thing I ever was upset about were the timeouts because <laughs> I know nothing about coaching in the NBA, so I can't give him shit. Um, but just to hang in there, man, and we have a chance really to get the second seed now, like in the West. It's even maybe the first seed if the Nuggets kind of fall off a little bit. Who knows? Like We still got a shot at some home court advantage here in the first round. Yeah, it's it's really impressive, as you mentioned, for all the reasons, uh, as you stated, the distractions, the opportunity to fail, the opportunity to just kind of, you know, say, hey, everyone's injured. You know, this one isn't on me for him to navigate this team and coach them correctly. And it's funny. Somebody said in the chat earlier, like he had a bad substitution in the fourth quarter. Like, OK, we won the game. We're nine out of 12. But thanks to you for what was the sub Tory Craig? Probably Tori Craig. That's but that's guess. just that's his guy, man. He's well, been it so... is. It's the guy who's been part of this, you know, up until this point, eight out of the last ten. So you have to respect the way that he has been getting this team to where they are, to where after this this victory tonight, and knowing that the we are recording this and there's still live games going on, but the Phoenix Suns are in the fifth seed. They're a half game out of the fourth seed. They're a game and a half out of the third seed, and then the the Memphis Grizzlies are. <laughs> three and a half games ahead of the Phoenix Suns. Two and eight and, in the last 10, too. And two and eight in the last 10 and struggling. And 
you know, Jaw Morant is, you know, all eyes on me, you know. So Dude, it's just, that team is fucked right now. Well, they're in their own heads. They're like they're Ben in, Simmons as a team. Like 100. that team is like a Ben Simmons. Well, they're a team that's, that's what like, they are. They, uh, that, that's a, such a great analogy. <laughs> they're a team that just goes around like talking shit and then people like stand up to them for talking shit and they're like, well, hold on, man. Like I wasn't just, I just was being happy. Shannon you know? Yeah. This is that game, man. Yeah. The Shannon, Shannon Sharp broke the Grizzlies. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that the Phoenix Suns can get themselves at least a top four seed. That's all you want, right? At least yeah. a top four. So you got to give credit to Monty Williams. And we really just need to recognize that. And I just, that's why I wanted to pay the, play the drop. I know we got a lot of things to still talk about, but I, I had to give him a little bit of love tonight, Matthew. Well, he's earned it. I'm glad you did that. And you're welcome, Monty. You're welcome. Uh, I did want to talk a little bit about Jock Landell. So I guess yes. I'll do Okay. Let's do it. Okay. Let's do some Landell drops. Some Jesus, this is a nice limo. Yes, it is. Now suck my Jack Landale. Jack got 13 minutes in this game. He had seven points on three of four shooting, four rebounds. What did you want to talk about relative to Jack? I was I was gonna say this, and no one's gonna like this at all. But Jock is a player where it wouldn't surprise me if like tomorrow or the next day, you know, we just find out that he's not on our team anymore. Like we just drop him and he's gonna be playing the G League. I love Jock a lot. I really do. You don't have a G League team. Well, whatever. He plays wherever. Where's Dwayne Washington? Just like in a dark hole somewhere? Like, where is he at? No, they they released his ass. Yeah, no, but no one picked him up? I didn't see that he got picked up, so. Me neither. Okay, you just, I wouldn't be surprised if he was that guy. Um, He was playing tonight like, uh, like he's really trying to earn his minutes, and he was just fumbling, bumbling the ball everywhere. Like, he had the possession or a couple possessions in a row where he was at the half-court mark or uh, line, and he was kind of, he just stopped, and he had the ball almost traveled. Then he got a shot blocked. Then he fouled the perimeter guy on the other side. So he had that whole transition. And I just, he's been okay, but he just reminds me of like a Dwayne Washington where he was awesome. And then like all of a sudden kind of fizzled out. And yeah. all of a sudden I feel like the Suns might just like not have him on the team anymore. And I, I want him, I want him to get better, but it's just been looking kind of bad. And I feel like the second team kind of owns him. The second team bigs do. Um, but that's just what I'm seeing. Stats might not bring um, back that up, but that's just what I'm seeing. Well, let's just look at like his last five games, for example. Ten minutes played, five point six points, three point six rebounds, fifty four percent from the field. So he he's playing okay. But this is again one of those situations where statistics don't always tell the whole story. Because I was the same thing. He was having a horrible game. And there was one play where, like, where he was scrambling for the ball, right? And he was, like, going out of bounds, and they called him out of bounds. Remember that play? Ben Simmons, ben Simmons was standing over him clapping. And then Uh-oh. I thought, I'm like, hey, aren't these guys a, bu- a couple of Australians? Is there some kind of rivalry for Ben Simmons and Butterfingers yeah. Landale tonight? And I reached out to the, the Aussies Suns fans podcast. And they said, not that I'm aware of. I do know Jock oh. did say some guys just don't want to play for their country. More power to them when he was asked his opinion on Simmons pulling out of the Olympics. So maybe Ooh. there's a little bit of a, of a rivalry there. They don't but... even own him anymore, right? They just they disowned him in a yeah, way. Uh, ben Simmons, he's not from our country. <laughs> Damn, Ben. <laughs> he's, from, he's, he's from New Zealand. I don't know. I don't oh, know. man. <laughs> 
you know, but I just, I, I did, I did notice that he was just having a rough go of it tonight. And I was wondering if we were going to get a little bit of busy and I understand why we didn't. The Brooklyn Nets are a more athletic team. They don't have a lot of size on the interior. So in theory, Jock should own those minutes, but it, it was just an observation, not the end of the world, but a simple observation that I, that I was I just observed. thinking that when I was watching him, I'm like, I just wouldn't be surprised. I don't want that to happen. I still like Jock. I just wouldn't be surprised because I was surprised a little bit with Dwayne, but then Jock, I'm just like, I don't know. Free up a space. Who knows? Uh, well, he's only 1.5 million. I say keep the depth because I like that. I like that the Phoenix Suns yeah. have Jock Landell who brings the hustle. You, you can't argue that he's got the hustle. Can't knock you, bring, the hustle. you can't knock the hustle with Jock. And I think that that's valuable, especially when you're playing smaller teams like this. And Busy's the guy that you bring in when you know that there's a little bit more physicality on the interior. And that's a huge advantage for the Suns. I love our center rotation. I do too. So I, I really do. It. I really do. James no, Jones, I, I want to keep Matt it. Ishtia, I just want to be surprised. Don't fuck this up. Keep those guys. <laughs> keep those guys. Uh, before we hand out some hardware and then talk about the trade deadline, CP3 and Kyrie and all that fun stuff, I did want to talk a little bit about the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, old TJ Warren was out there, man. Yeah, yeah. Matthew's former favorite member of the Phoenix Suns, the guy who, <laughs> who turned it all around for the Phoenix Suns after, what, the 2014 draft. TJ Warren in this game, 22 minutes played, 17 points on 6 of 10 shooting, did the majority of his damage in that fourth quarter. He ended up scoring a total of 13 of his points in the fourth quarter. Was it hurting your feelings a little bit that old TJ Warren, Dr. Dre looking TJ Warren was coming back? He does. And, he, does. Uh, he does. He always thought so. <laughs> he looks just like him. And, and he was coming back and... It's like, dude, there's no way that this is going to be a TJ Warren revenge game, is there? Because none of those I don't think exist. No, I don't think they do. Uh, I, I I, miss him. Um, when the Suns had nothing, you wanted him to win every game for you. Uh, that was difficult to rely when, when on. When we had nothing, we just that wanted was, him to shoot oh, threes, man. Yeah, he was so good. I remember. Uh, I, I actually called him a mini Kevin Durant. I always thought he was like a miniature Kevin Durant. I remember that. Um, <laughs> yeah, because he can just score everywhere. He makes these ridiculous shots, and he looks good when they had Kyrie and Kevin Durant on that team with Claxton ending games. Like it just looked good because you have TJ, not even ending games, but just like in between, like playing with the bench and the starters. He's just like that guy that can score from anywhere. So he fits really good with that team when they were together. It's just kind of heartbreaking. It's not working out now, um, but. So I see that he's still playing. I feel like he'll be out another two years, though, after this game, right, with a head injury or something? Uh, that or an ankle injury. Something, yeah. So tonight's his last game for another two years. Gary, sure. pick me in the chat. I was not familiar with a TJ that wasn't falling on the ground. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's that always falling thing. on the ground. Yep. Oh, TJ Warren, man. It just it takes you back to a time where pre-Aiton times, because I think he just played the one season with Aiton, and he was out like half the season, right? I that think so. I yeah, think I just remember right. it was TJ and Bloodso, and that's all I remember. Yeah, Brandon Knight, who never played. Yeah. Whew. Uh, other thoughts right. on Brooklyn? Uh, unless he's running the break, Ben Simmons is a big fat zero. If don't look at the box score. Yeah. I'm How not. many points did he score tonight? Two. Two is correct. Two. Oh, damn, dude. I'm two good. points, six assists, four rebounds, one of two from the field. O of one from the free throw line. Ladies and gentlemen, Ben Simmons, four turnovers. He is intimidating when running the break. He is intimidating because he does have good vision, but he is a zero outside of that, man. 
Yeah, what sucks is like I feel like he kind of was playing better. Uh, maybe a few games before this whole Kyrie thing happened, he was kind of fitting in better. I know there's always words about KD was not impressed with him, but that's anybody that plays with Ben Simmons. I just it's so hard for I feel like this guy now to like really kind of like show himself as you know as an all star again. It's going to be very very difficult. Um, I don't yeah. know what situation he would put himself in, but you can just tell like he's just like either he just doesn't care. And he's just playing now, or else he does care too much. And he's trying too hard, which it doesn't look like he's trying hard at all. On defense, um, he looks like he's trying hard. Defense was good. That's what he's I'm saying. That like before. Guy. Yeah, but like offensively, you need something. And of course, he's not going to score. That. But dude, it's crazy when when you think about this team now. It's going to explode. Katie might be gone. Who knows? And it's just going to be him now. Like he needs his own spots to go to where he can sit down and just you know settle in for like maybe two or three years somewhere to get going again. Well, wasn't Bill Simmons saying like the Spurs, like just send him to San Antonio, no expectations. That'd be Let nice. Try to figure shit out under some, a good coaching staff because he is literally that guy that if you go down to the rec, you know, league or, you know, or if you're playing at the park, there's that one guy who just like, all he does is give a shit ton of effort on, on defense. Cause he yeah. doesn't know how to play offense. I'm raising my hand because I'm typically that guy. I'm like, you know what? I'll just I'll do my best to lock a defender down. That's where I'm going to spend all my energy because on offense, I'm brick, brick. Just don't don't pass me the ball, you know. So I can I can empathize. I yeah, can empathize and I, I picked him for defensive player of the year too before this year. Oh, I did. And I you know what? I can't wait it to go back to our jammies, man. Those are yeah, I know fun. it might have been something if this team stuck together and played. Yeah, I think it was a it was the best opportunity he was going to have because he had two players. Yeah who were very offensively minded. Uh, then you have Cam Thomas tonight, who I believe Woo! becomes the first player in NBA history that's as young as he is to score 40 consecutive points. Cam Thomas tonight goes for 43 points, 11 of 23 from the field, including 18 of 20 from the free throw line, five rebounds, three assists. Uh, but but that kid's fire, man. That kid's fire. Yeah, he like he went viral for not smiling or something like a couple weeks ago where he just doesn't smile. He's like, ain't shit funny. And he scores two 40 game, 40 point games in a row. And like they have no choice but to, to rely on him. If you're looking at the subreddit stakeout, they have nobody. Oh, they yeah. want him to shoot. You're looking at his, at his teammates. They don't seem too happy, but it's like, what else are we going to do? And he seriously had the green light all night. Getting to the line like that, man. It's like it shows you like. You can get to the line if you just play physical, especially with these refs in the NBA. You try to get to the line, I feel like you have a good chance of doing it. It just shows you kind of how easy it is, and that's really well, obviously 18 points. So fucking insane. Yeah, well, and, and you look at the way that he plays. Like, he doesn't get a ton of opportunity. He's been the guy who's been coming off of the bench for Brooklyn, which makes sense. When they had Kyrie and Ben Simmons and when KD was healthy, he wasn't going to be the offensive threat. Prior to this game, there's only – there's three other games in which he shot 20 uh, field goal attempts. He had a 33-point game against Indiana earlier in the season. And then these last two games, he had 47 against the Clippers in a loss the other night and 44 in a win against Washington the other night where he attempted 23 shot attempts and 29 in the other one. You know, And again, you take a look at tonight, and again, he attempted just 23. So he's getting more efficient. And the way that I look at Cam Thomas – is he kind of reminds me of like an Anthony Simons type, right? Like Anthony Simons really just when when Dame Lillard was hurt last year and they traded CJ McCollum, Anthony Simons did what he should do. He's like, you know what? I'm just going to do my best to fill it up. The team's going to hate me for it. We're going to lose some games, but I'm going to get good at offense, just like Devin Booker used to. So he's a young, fiery talent who's going to blossom with Kyrie being gone. 
it was kind of annoying. I was watching the TNT broadcast. They thought he was like Michael Jordan in the first half. Uh, but the league's going to adjust to this kid too. You know, you got to understand that. That's just, I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from his talent, but he's somebody who, again, as time progresses and they, the opposition's going to go, okay, there is no Kyrie anymore. KD is still hurt. All that focus is going to come on Cam Thomas. And that's kind of what we saw in this game. Because in the first half, he was, he was in, like I said, they, they were comparing him to freaking Michael Jordan on the TNT broadcast. But Cam Thomas in that first half was 8 of 13 for 24 points. And it was the free throw line that ultimately got him in the second half because in the second half, he was only 3 of 10 from the field. So the, the Suns are like, listen, we're, we're going to defend you now, buddy. Yeah, I think he got tired too. Um, he was just doing it all. I've never seen a real a player like that just kind of take over. Maybe Book when Booker Book used back to in the it. day. Booker used, used to do it all the time. He was the only option. You just wanted him yeah. to keep same exact that's all, thing. That, so that's all we wanted. <laughs> that's what it reminds me of. Um, but it's crazy, man. This guy will probably be an all-star next year. Watch. He'll probably be the top 10 highest sold jersey or something crazy next year. Bro, yeah, we'll see. He I has a look. He has a name. He has a game. It, it was just, great. I, it I saw one meme sense. on Twitter where it's like uh, it showed a picture of it's like the next guy to surpass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar before LeBron, and it was like Cam Thomas. <laughs> he's going to get it done before LeBron does. Did, real quick, did, do you think LeBron does it tonight? Uh, yeah. I think he does it on uh, on Thursday. What's he ever know? I don't know. I haven't looked. But look. you can look at the subreddit stakeout. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. So for those of you who are new to the pod, this is something that we do every post game is we hang out on the subreddit of the opposing team just to get an understanding of how they are perceiving our team, how they're perceiving this game, everything that's been going on in Brooklyn over this past week. Matthew, this must have been a good subreddit stakeout, right? You know, yeah, but they were really just focused on the game. There wasn't a whole lot of Kyrie talk. There really wasn't. Yeah, they're I probably missed. like good fucking riddance. <laughs> yeah, they probably got that all out of their system already. So not sure what's going on with my hat, but we'll get into this, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you you so look they, like you're from Brooklyn, yo. Oh, yeah, there you go. Hey. Uh, Forget about it. I'm such. really bad at the uh, accents over here, over there, or wherever. We're running out of time. Gabs are here. Gabs are here. What's the most accurate comparison to Cam Thomas? Someone I, did I, say I, I said Anthony Simons. Young Harden comes to mind. I am amazed. I don't know about Harden. I don't know. I can see Kings that with all the, the isolation ball he was doing. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Anyone that holds the ball that much and gets to the line, I can see that and just shoots a three. Um, I haven't been exposed to the TNTB team this season, but good lord, is it rough? I actually enjoyed them. You like them? I had no issues with it's them. So they got weird. I, they got what's his face? Uh, uh who's the main guy? Was it Iron Eagle? Yeah, no, no, no. the, the team. I mean, like with Shaq, the post game show, and the, oh yeah, the, the yeah, yeah, show. yeah, yeah, the in, the in, the in, uh, the in studio guys. I didn't even watch it. Yeah, I think that's what they're talking about. Because Iron Eagle's good. That's Everyone when I was making the the, yeah. the bridges drop <laughs> at halftime. <laughs> uh, get Pertle. So I guess they want Yaka Pertle. I don't know why. Okay, interesting. So does Joe <laughs> Morgay very, very much. Yeah. Uh, bad news. Joe Harris, Patty Mills, Sharp are wearing Suns jerseys tonight. Good news, we might actually be solid with Denny uh, Smith Jr. Or Dennis Smith Jr., um, Spencer Dinwiddie, and once they come to our lineup. So I guess they're kind of excited about that, but I don't Wouldn't know if they're going to. Wouldn't you gonna... be, though? I, I don't know. I, I would, but I don't know if they're actually going to be 
the the net they're gonna play for the nets i feel like they might be traded again or something one of them i, w- I wouldn't yeah one of them i could see being i think traded. i could see yeah i don't think they're gonna i think toronto is very volatile right now i think there's a lot of opportunity out there and i think the brooklyn nets have what it takes to get part of whatever toronto's willing to get to part with yeah um okay so here's the bridges talk Ooh. um Oh wait, wait, real quick about Simmons. Um, is it just me or does Simmons hide on offense? Yeah, obviously. He does. Yeah, yeah. He that's doesn't no hide, dude. He's like in does the he... fucking locker room. I don't even. Man. I didn't even know he was playing much tonight. I um, know. Got Bridges out here looking like he's an all star. Shake my head. Yeah, dude. He's been an all star like the last month. Bridges yes. ain't that guy. No need to foul him like this. He is that yes, guy. Yes, he is that guy. <laughs> and then uh, they will. They want Britain and agent. <laughs> they want Bridges and Aiton. Okay. Picks for KD. Yeah, no, the answer is no. no to that. Yeah, and that's the subreddit thing. Oh. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. It's a war time. Jam star of the game. Jamsters, as a reminder, go ahead and subscribe, rate, review. If you're listening, please go over to Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star review. Been a minute since we've had a new one of those, so that'd be really nice to yeah, please just to, just, to, just to hear what you have to say. If you're in the chat, we know that we know who your jam star is, but we'll we'll fortify it. And again, hit that thumbs up button if you're watching on YouTube at any time. Yeah, please fuck. or whatever. So fuck. So Matthew, it's Ben Simmons, right? Yeah, it's it's a guy that I've never given up on, that I've wanted on this team, that he deserved the max, DeAndre Ayton. How much of that is you being facetious? All of it. All of it. <laughs> yeah, all the all the jamsters are saying it. It's it's DeAndre Ayton. I completely agree. It's DeAndre Ayton. Uh LeBron James has 17 points at this point. It's DA. It's DA. I agree. I agree. Um, Rob C 69 are the Suns naysayers ready to give, get off DA's ass. Rob C 69. They never will. Why would we, what's the point of being a fan? You got to complain about something. It might as well be your number one pick. If you go look at other fans, don't go look at them like straight to the face. You look at what they say about their own players. It's the same shit. That's why we go to the subreddit. It fortifies that we're all crazy. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make Sports any sense. Doesn't make sense. Just, yeah, but you know what? We'll continue to watch. Thoughts. Um, brains. All right, we got plenty to talk about. I know we don't have much time, but we we might stretch this a little blah, bit. Blah, blah, blah. It's, it's an early game. Yeah. Uh, but the first thing I want to talk, obviously, Matthew, is Kyrie Irving, member mm. of the Mavericks. How yeah. How are you feeling? Um, I I'm like you. Um, I saw you talking about it, and I think that. Once he was traded to the Mavericks, it's the one place that I thought if he were to go to, it would maybe be hard to stop. I know Draymond Green says it's going to be very, very difficult. Um, obviously, he plays in the NBA, so he would know. And me watching, I know it will be. But it's like the one place I would want him to go to just so things can just turn shit quickly. Um, maybe with the Lakers, it would have been the same thing. Uh, but now I'm kind of scared that he is on the Mavericks because if it does work out, it's going to suck for the Suns. I think they can definitely beat the Suns team if they both are on point. Um, I am excited that I guess I'm excited that we didn't get him. Um, I did see his, his, um, his little interview, you know, showing up for practice today. 
and he's already talking about the Nets and how they disrespected him and stuff. He's not calling out names, but mm-hmm. he did already say stuff. He did already mention that there was something going on. That's very unprofessional. Um, he said a lot of stuff in the past with the Nets, but I think it's very unprofessional for him to start with the Mavericks and already say things. Already like that. talking shit. Not calling out names, but still, like, why are you doing that? Like, if I was, if he came here and he had that interview, I'd be like, fuck, man, we're we gonna talk about our old teams like Terrell Owens. Like, he is definitely like a Terrell Owens, man. So I just, I'm kind of glad we we missed that. I'm mm-hmm. I'm glad we're kind of moving on now, and there's some other options. Um, but yeah, I mean, you feel pretty good though now, right? Yeah, I, you know, again. This is the Suns Jam Session podcast was a pro Kyrie podcast because we saw the potential of bringing in a high basketball IQ guy to put right next to Devin Booker that fits with our timeline, if you will, not to to bring back the the vaunted words timeline uh, around this organization. But, you know, as time progressed and as I, I thought about it more and seeing him go to Dallas, I was like, you know what, this is great because... One, he is kind of a – he's an interesting human being. I don't agree with a lot of his ideologies, good, bad, or indifferent. I'm not sitting there watching somebody's ideologies when I watch the TV screen. I'm watching how they play basketball. But at the same time, like, what makes Devin Booker so fun to root for is not only how he plays on the court but how he carries himself off of it. And knowing that Kyrie Irving is now in Dallas and could potentially tear that team apart from the inside, which would make me tickled fucking pink uh, – it really, I changed my mind on it. You know, later that day, the the, the transaction happened. I was like, nah, son of a bitch. And then I was like, you know what? Good. We don't need all that shit. We got, we, we got the A if we need to talk shit about somebody. We don't need Kyrie as well. There's only so much shit talking you can do about one player. Yeah, and it's a lot to, like, go from Chris Paul. And the whole Chris Paul thing where... Um, so that's my next know, question. Yeah. Um, so Chris Paul, obviously him and Jay Crowder were involved with two picks, first round picks. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, I was okay with it. And I think we we heard, I don't know if it was even said on the pod, that Chris Paul kind of wanted that situation, if you're going to cut him, to have his option to actually be traded somewhere, to write his yep. own, you know, history. Yep. Um, that's that's nice for that to happen, but it would be such a weird thing in the middle of the season to really have a new point guard when you already have Chris Paul, who's really been, you know, our leader for the last two and a half years. That would have been tough to swallow um, and to have to, like, kind of rework things with, Kyrie and DA and all that stuff. So that's that's tough. Well, but the question becomes, what happens to Chris Paul? Is he going to still be traded? Mm. You know, the Fred Van Vliet talk is still out there. Toronto's yeah. rumored to be a seller. Would you want Fred Van Vliet over Chris Paul? It's a valid question right now. No, um, I don't. But you know, okay, so I've never been a big FVV fan. Me neither. And I hate yeah. fucking saying his name, and I know you hate his name because I hate no, his name because there's no I space think, in it <laughs> or no space, whatever. <laughs> um, leadership from Chris Paul, it's huge, and I think anyone that can deal with DEA is probably Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Those are the two guys. If you bring in Fred VanVleet, what are you gonna get? I don't know if you get anything better. I guess you could, but I don't know. If we got Fred VanVleet, we better get like somebody else with him to come along on the side, like Gary Trent Jr. or something. You know what I mean? That, that would be fantastic. It can't just be one But we'd have to other. give up a lot to do so as well. And that's I know. Where, like, that's tough. I just – I don't know if I necessarily see that happening. I don't see – I Matt Ishbia wants to come in here, and he wants to make an impact. And I understand that, and I get that, and I respect that. But you can't do it at the sacrifice of tearing this team apart. I think that yeah. Chris Paul 
remains on this team. I think that we go through the trade deadline. Chris Paul's still on this team. Whatever happens over the offseason is a different story, right? But right now, where this team is, as they get healthy, I think that CP3 is the right guy for the job. Now, that being said, I still think that there needs to be assistance on the fringes of this of this roster. And that could be bringing in, and I was, I was talking a little bit about it yesterday, uh, Alex Caruso, he's not a point guard, but he's a defensive guy. He's a lockdown guy. You know, yeah, when yeah. Cameron Payne and Landry Shamit return, yeah, aspects of our roster return, but we got to get something for Jay Crowder. If we can go get a piece off of the the Utah Jazz, like a Jared Vanderbilt or Jordan Clarkson, right? Those will help this team maintain scoring and can put some lineups out there that don't necessarily need CP3 out there. Because CP3 is going to struggle in the playoffs, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to happen again. I guarantee you, it's going to happen again. The way that the schedule lines up, it's just it's too taxing for him. If they could sit there and be like, listen, CP, you could take every other game off and we can still be successful as a team, that'd be fantastic. But I don't know what that answer yeah. necessarily is because whatever answer I think it is, James Jones will never go for that answer. He always picks the one guy like Aaron Holiday. You're like, oh, shit, I didn't even think about it. It'll be someone we just – we we had no idea. Um, When you go through like these teams in, in the West, they're all beatable right now. What I th- I feel like if the Suns are healthy and they get Cameron Payne back, Shamit, I don't care really. I mean, I guess Shamit. But if we get Cameron Payne back and he can play like he played at his best with the Suns, we can beat any of these teams for sure. I feel like in a series, I think it would be very, very difficult. Um, I just – it's it's just the other way you can look at it is just how this young team grew together and the obstacles they have to go through. What's so funny is like anytime these guys hit an obstacle like the last two years, it's like, oh, let's split them up. Like, we got to get this guy. We got to get KD in order to win. Yeah, KD, we would probably win a championship. But there's always those teams that, like, keep going through those obstacles mm-hmm. until they get over them, and then they eventually win. You know what I mean? So we'll never really believe in this team to win it until they do. That's a that's the hard part to where we can just maybe sit down, enjoy this team. They're fun to watch. We have a chance to beat any team in the West, really, if they're healthy. And maybe that's just how we go into the playoffs. It's just like, let's let's see. Let's see if they can do it. And if they do do it this way, it'll be even that much more special, I feel like. So my question to you. It's not going to happen. We fucking suck. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just joking. Uh, Being a Suns fan, it always Um, is what it is. Yeah. So my, my question to you is, barring a trade, which should happen with Jay Crowder, barring a trade, you and I will next pod on Thursday during the Atlanta Hawks game. Okay, that's post the trade deadline. Yeah. Between now and then, does anything happen for the Phoenix Suns? No. I think it's just a J and maybe someone around. I don't think it's anything huge. And what's funny is when we had that sit down with James Jones, yeah. didn't he say, like, this trade deadline's not going to be crazy? It was going to be very horizontal. So not, why no, don't no we big ever names just listen will be to changing. Him. Well, well he said it'll for him to say that it has to be true and he doesn't give a fuck if we think like hey you're not doing anything we got to get these guys here i feel like he's trying his best i think it's very difficult and of course because we're the sons we can't get katie Kyrie asked out and he's traded dallas got him mm-hmm. right they got their superstar we wanted katie for like the last year almost and we can't get him well, like what i know it's katie's different but well, it's Why the leverage we? situation. The Nets had no leverage in that situation. 
And the Nets have all the leverage in the in the Kevin Durant situations. What it is, they literally just signed him to like a five year extension. I know all leverage I goes know. out the door. Contracts, it gets, contract. It, be, it becomes very, yeah, but contracts are mean nothing, but leverage means everything in the NBA. Yeah, and that's what we've learned. So I agree with Los Suns in the chat. I think there'll be one small trade, and that'll be the Jay Crowder trade. And and in all honesty, it might be the Jay Crowder trade for a sub. Uh, substandard player relative to what we think his value is. It might involve a first-round pick. I highly doubt it. It'll probably end up a, sec- a second-round pick. And what the Suns will do is they'll cut that player. That's almost – like I can, I, I can see it <laughs> you're, now. You're dead on. I know. It's exactly what's going to yeah, happen. They're, exactly they're going to take him to Milwaukee for nobody in a second-round pick, and they, that's it. And you know, you know what? This is the way I look at it. Where the Suns' success is going to be – and I hate that it comes down to this. It always comes down to this, Matthew. What happens after the trade deadline? What do we always start to fucking get excited about? Um, the um, the buyout stuff. The buyout right? market. The buyout yeah. market. That's where things will get interesting for the Phoenix Suns. We'll see, and that's what Flex told us. You know, we were we were talking to Flex offline after the after the podcast. Love having him on, and he was kind of saying the same thing. He's like, you know, this Kyrie situation. It's very real. There's a lot of serious talks going on, but it's constantly changing because players, teams are bidding. Teams, teams yeah. are bidding, and it was released that the the Nets wanted the Suns to give them three first round picks. The Suns didn't respond to that. I don't think they should have. I think it was smart not to Too do much. that. Yep. And then the Mavericks went and got Kyrie. And what what Flex was saying is, watch that buyout market. You know, the, the, there's an, the possibility that John Wall could, could become available, hasn't done really well in L.A., could get bought out in L.A., could end up being a target for the Suns. I would be fine with John Wall. I know his health has been horrible. I haven't really watched him play a bunch. He's unbelievably quick. I think if he's coming off the bench in short spurts, it could be beneficial for this team. But I think that that's what the real viable options are for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, P Dog 006 said it earlier. He said, We need a backup point guard. Screw campaigns, useless ass. Trade for D Lo. No. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Espo said that yesterday. I was like, Ooh. He wouldn't be happy here either. If he wants to actually play, who knows what he wants to do? But he's not going to, he's not a Monty guy. He's not a James Jones guy. There's no way. Yeah. Right? Like, he's not a guy you would go pick up. He's not selfish, but he just doesn't, he, his IQ is very low. I'm sorry. Well, that's just, what it is. That's what it, it is. is. Basketball IQ. Is, I'm sorry, man. I don't that's think what it matches him, what our that's what kept are. him down so far. Like so far in his career, he's that's why he's on the you know kind of lower echelon of these everybody, players. Everybody in the chat, I will pass on D'Lo. Hell no to D'Lo. <laughs> you know, Carlos Rogier. Hermone, Terry like Rozier. If Terry like Rozier gets, if we can make a trade for him, yes. If they buy him out, he becomes a very hot commodity. Now, what's the issue with buyout guys? Schroeder, what's up? <laughs> what are the issue with buyout guys? Well, you have to remember that these are cast-offs from other teams. These they don't have guys, all their arms and legs. Yeah. <laughs> some of them don't have fingers. They just, it's a stump. <laughs> you know, it's just that. It's like the old, the old toy then or whatever, toy story, <laughs> whatever it is. No, it's from uh, uh, the, the, the Island of Misfit Toys. There you go. But you have to remember that. And, and it's going to happen, and we're going to be guilty of it right here on the Suns Jam Session podcast. Well, we're going to sit there, and we're going to get all excited about buyout guys. I remember two yeah. years ago with JaVale McGee and Gorgie Jang, and we're getting all excited for all these bigs who could potentially make an impact on this team. And you know what? Maybe they're not going to win you a bunch of games, but they might bring to the team 
the fringe when you're when you have a team like the Phoenix Suns, which is a damn good team, which has organic chemistry, which has a starting five that is a really good starting five, and you just need to shore up some of the fringe opportunities, which is what the Suns ultimately needed in the playoffs two years ago when Dario Saric went down. If we had just had JaVale McGee right there, we could have maybe stopped Giannis. I don't know. But yeah, we have to remember that these are cast-offs from other teams. These are teams that literally got bought out so they don't play for a team. So they're not huge needle movers. But hopefully in the Suns' case, we just need that needle move just a little bit to win a championship. Yeah, I mean, if, if Jay would have just sucked it up and played his role, I think we'd be uh, we'd be okay. Um, dude, I don't know, man. I, the whole Chris Paul thing, too, it's, just, it's, it's an endless talk of – how much how many minutes is he going to have is he going to be handling the ball a lot because i don't want that so if that's the issue then yes another point guard would be nice like a rogier or something someone like that yeah no i completely agree so again jamsters we'll we'll keep you informed if anything happens if jay crowder does get traded expect a a quick little surprise emergency pod just so we can talk about it and get that one out of the way between now and thursday if nothing happens We'll see you live on Thursdays when on Thursday when the Phoenix Suns take on the Atlanta Hawks and hopefully a revenge game after that uh, ass kicking that they took last week at the hands of the Hawks. Uh, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go try to watch some history right now. Yeah. Kevin Love. No, thank you. We have. I think we're good on the interior, man. I think we need a wing guy. Kevin Love isn't necessarily a wing guy. True. You know. So. Uh, yeah. Let's do Is that. that. It? Let's do that. Let's 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 call it a day. Let's go watch LeBron. Make halftime yeah yep. let's go watch it all right well James, all right again, thank you for hanging out with us make sure you follow the show at suns jam on instagram twitter and tiktok make sure you subscribe rate and review give a thumbs up to anyone who's watching youtube you can follow me at darth voida you can read my writing on bright side of the sun.com you can follow matthew and uh we'll see you potentially on thursday if not tomorrow yeah everyone go home and love your family